Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Dalad. Today's Shizli Ilinishma Elias Basala. May her Neshama have an Aliyah and may her memory be a blessing. Um, we were up to yesterday. Remember the first point in the Mishnah was that Rosh, we said that Nisan, or Al Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah Lamelochim. I each, uh, you count the years of a king reign, not by the anniversary of their appointment, but by the... Uh, but by Nisan, so as Nisan comes, it would change into the next year. So even if they started ruling in the 29th of Adar, the next day when it is the first of Nisan, you'll start dating documents the twenty, the second year of the king's reign. Now, Rav, um, yesterday we saw Rav Chizda came along and he said that this is specifically by Jewish kings. Non-Jewish kings, you count by Tishrei. I Tishrei is the new year. And he proved it because in the story of in Banachemia, it brings that Hanani in Kislev, Hanani came and told him that the Jewish, um, the Jewish inhabitants and the city of Yerushalayim were in a, ter- in a very lowly, terrible state. And then in Kislev, Sorry, that was in Kislev. And then in Nisan, he was speaking to the king, Artach Shasta, who said that, and he said that, this is what's happened in Yerushalayim, can I please go up and repair it? Now, if you go if you Kislev to Nisan, well, obviously crosses over Nisan. And both events are said to be in the 20th year. So clearly Nisan is not the Rosh Hashanah for non-Jewish kings. And... Um, and it must be Tishrei. We then came, the Gomorrah then challenged this based on Daryovesh. Now we brought a Brysa that Daryovesh is the same person as Koresh, who is the same person as Artashasta. We said Artashasta is basically the title of the Persian kings. It's like saying Pharaoh. Pharaoh doesn't, isn't a specific king. It's the title of the Egyptian kings. So that's Artashasta. And Daryovesh and Koresh in this context are also interchangeable in the Psukim, but but Rav Yosef challenged that we see um, it changes, basically, I don't want to go through the Psukim again, that was yesterday's stuff, but it changes from year 6, in the events that it's discussing, it changes from year 6 to year 7. And if Tishrei was the, so let me just check, I'm getting it at the right one, um, Sorry, I had it now. I've lost it. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. It changes from the second to the third year. In a change, yeah. Um, it's it's list. It's it's discussing an an event with um, Daryovesh's reign, and it says that in the second month. And then it goes to the third month. Sorry, it says in the second year, in the sixth month. And then it goes to, just mentions in the seventh month. Now the seventh month is Tishrei. So it should start listing. It should tell us, yes, when we were discussing the sixth month, it was in the second year. But now we're discussing the seventh month. It should be the third year. By the fact that it doesn't tell us to change years of the king's reign, it's obviously not changing by Tishrei. So we answered that no. He was a good king. 
we actually use the phrase Koresh, and that's why we had to come on to say Dayovesh and Koresh are the same person. But Koresh was a good king, and therefore we give we date him like from Nisan. The Gemara then proves that wait, but we don't count Dayovesh from Nisan. We count Dayovesh from Tishrei. So that's where we left off yesterday. We said, no, this is before he got the nickname Koresh when he was good. And then Ichmitz, he soured, he turned into vinegar, he turned evil. That's when he got the phrase, the, the tart. That's when we started calling him by his usual name, Daryovesh. And that is all, I think that's when we started using the term Daryovesh. No, sorry, that's not it. Just Koresh alludes to that he was a kosher king, but his name Koresh and Daryovesh is interchangeable. And um, sorry, and when he was at first, he was good, and that's why they counted the years of his reign from Nisan like a Jewish king. Why was he good? He gave them permission to go and rebuild the base of Migdash, and then he turned sour. That's when they started counting him like every other non-Jewish king from Tishrei. So that's where we're holding at the moment. And now the Gomorrahs, where we're up to, is the Gomorrahs going to try to prove that he is, that he turned evil. Where do we see that? Daryovesh turned evil. Now I mentioned at the end of yesterday's show, just to put it in context, I think we're discussing the Daryovesh who ruled after Achashverosh, which according to many, according to Midrash at least, is actually Esther and Achashverosh's son. But at least he was, to put it, um, because remember Esther was married to Achashverosh and their son was Daryovesh. He was never, never mind a good king. At first he was a Jewish king, <laughs> um, the Jewish king of Persia. But again, I don't know if that's uh, just a Midrash or, or how uh, historically verifiable that is. But either way, Daryovesh, just to put in context, Daryovesh was the king after Achashverosh who gave the Jews permission to go up and build the base Amidash. So that's um, that will help. So Matkiflor. So again, we find that in his reign, sometimes he, we seem to date his months by Nis, his years of his reign by Nisan, and sometimes we seem to go by Tishrei. So we said the answer is no. When he was he was good, so they counted his years from Nisan like a Jewish king, and then he turned Hichmit, he turned bad, and they counted it from. Tishrei, like any other non-Jewish king. So Rav Kana challenged us. Is she really going to tell me that he turned evil? It says, It's written, And then whatever they need. Whether it's uh, oxen, rams, lambs, that they want to offer to their God of heavens. Wheat, salt, wine, and oil. Kamamar, Kahanya di Rushalayim, whatever, um, whatever the Kahanim in Yerushalayim say, Lahavem is Yohiv, Lohem Yom Beyom, Dai Lo Shelo, give them whatever they need without fail. Oh, it sounds extremely generous. This king, Daryovesh, is off telling them that he'll fund, base, fund the base Amigdash, provide for all the expenses. So he seems to be incredibly. Pious, what do you mean he turned evil? So he says, No, Omar Loy Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi Matuncha Dilahon Makrivin Nichoichin. Matuncha, in your package, I, in the same posse that you're quoting to prove that he is righteous, I'll show you that he wasn't really righteous. Why? Um, because he says, Dilahon Mahakravin Nichoichin. What he is offered, um, Laelishmaya, 
provide for them what they want to offer to their God in heavens, and therefore they can daven for the life of the king and his family. What's his whole motivation for providing for the temple? Very selfish. So that he gets... Um, so that he gets... Uh, so that, he, that that daven for him and they offer the korbanos on his behalf. That's why he's providing it. It's selfish. You're telling me someone who does like this is not good. I, he's giving donations on condition that they daven for him. You think that's bad? He says, If someone gives money to Tzedakah, saying, I'm giving this money in the merit that my son lives, or in the merit that I earn Olam Haba, I raise it, Tzadik Gomor. This is a Tzadik Gomor. So what do we see? Giving Tzedakah, it's a discussion whether it's by other mitzvahs, but at least giving Tzedakah, giving a donation on condition, is not a problem, it's a Tzadik Gomor. And that's what uh, um, yeah, and that's what so, so so him giving donations so that his family lives isn't a problem. It's a telecom. So the Gemara answers no lot tasha. It's not difficult. Can be Israel, can be Here we're discussing a Jew, and here we're discussing a non-Jew. I this that giving to doc on condition is a good deed is when it's a Jew. But when it's a non-Jew, then it's considered bad. And that's why that, that's why this is a proof that Daryovesh was evil. What's the um what's the word? Oh what's the why is there a difference between Jews and non-Jews? The explanation is that when Jews give tzedakah, even when they give it on condition, I for let's say for for Islam of so and so I'm giving tzedakah. They still give the tzedakah wholeheartedly, even if it doesn't turn out how they want. And they still keep their muna even through difficult times. And we've seen that the Jews over the generations have gone through the most difficult times, and by and large have still kept their muna. So that's the... Uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's, the, that's the... By Jews, but by non-Jews, when they give it on condition, they're giving it purely on condition that they will regret it. If a non-Jew gives tzedakah on condition that something happens and it doesn't happen, he will regret it. So that's the uh, difference. Tosos also, so that's why um, a Jew who gives something on condition is still a tzadikomor, a non-Jew gives something on... T- on condition is selfish. Um, then Tosos asks, what about the famous Mishnah? What? It says here, you can give money on condition that you get Olam Habo, condition that your son lives for a full shame of someone. So the Gemara asks, he says, oh, what about the famous Mishnah in Abbas, which says, Don't be like a servant. It's the third mission of Maseches Avot. It says, don't be like a servant who serves Hashem on condition to receive a reward. Rather, be like a servant who serves Hashem, not on condition to receive reward. So what's happening here? We're saying it's a Tzadik Gomor. So the one answer is, that's... that's, uh, I'm trying to remember, my mind's gone blank on the different answers. Um, One is, if he's like a non-Jew, if he is someone who's giving it on condition, he's doing it purely for the sake of the reward... Okay, that's not a good practice. But to be a tzaddik and give, do it on condition where you're not going to regret it either way, that would be 
perfectly okay. Another explanation is you could say the Mishnah in Avos is Midos Chasidos, is pious practice. Um, what was bothering, yeah, we had this, um, I had this with my Talmidim recently, um, but the Gomorrah in Brochos, um, that's, how, that's how I remember it. And the Gomorrah in Brochos, it says that Rabbi Zaira, when he was tired, he used to go sit by the, when he was tired from learning, his mind was uh, worn, was weary, he would go sit outside the base medrash so that when the Talmidim Chachomim walked past, he could still get the reward for standing up for them. And there are quite a few times in Chas where we see that people seem to do things for reward. So maybe, so, so what is, what, when is it a good practice? Like, yeah, you can give tzedakah for awards, you can do other mitzvahs for award, and you can still be counted as a tzaddik omur. And when would it be that if you're doing these things for award, you are a, not a, you're like the Mishnah Avos says, you should not practice like that. Okay, let's carry on. So that's, we brought one source that he turned bad. Is that because clearly he, he gave them permission to rebuild the base. I mean, that she was very good to the Jews, but then when he offered them, we see it was all really selfish motivations. The Eboy Sahim, alternatively, you can say, where do we see that he became, he soured, he turned bad? The Sivas, it's written, Nidvachin di Evan Galal Plasa, Vidvachti, Oh, Chadosa, when, yeah, do a row of marble, three rows of, sorry, three rows of marble, and one row of new wood, new timber. The Nafkosa, Min Bais Malcho, is your hate and your place, all the expenses, um, all the expenses will be covered by the king's, uh, by the king. Uh, he'll pay for the rebuilding of the base Amigdash on condition that they do one row wood, three rows marble. That's how the design's got to be. So it's now Lamelator Ovid Hachi. Why did he insist on it being this mixture of wood and stone? If the Jews rebel, I'll set it a lot. I, he, he designed the Beis Amigdash and he funded the Beis Amigdash, but with this clause to control the Jews. So there we see that he's evil. There's three rows of hewn stone and a row of cedar wood. So you see, even Shlomo, it's not a... It's not a, you're not putting in this row of wood for, to be able to burn it down. Even Shlomo did this. The reason you put in this row of wood is for beauty. Three rows of stone, one row of wood. It's for, it's, it's to decorate, to make the base Amigdash beautiful. So the Gemara answers, no, there are three differences between Shlomo's design and this, and Daryovesh's design, which highlight Daryovesh's intention. Shlomo placed the wood at the top, where he placed, where Daryovich placed the wood at the bottom. If you place the wood at the bottom and then you set it a lot, the whole thing collapses. A second difference is Shlomo sunk it into the building and he did not sink it into the building. I'm not sure what that means. Um, but there's, it's a difference between how Shlomo did it and how Yovesh did it. And a third difference is Shlomo Sadjei Besida, Iuloi Sadjei Besida. Shlomo um, plastered it with a lamb and he did not plaster it. Either plaster gives it, uh, makes it uh, protected from fire. And he did not do that. So therefore it's clear that his intention again was to be able to control the Jews and destroy it. So it's kind of like, you know what, I'll let them rebuild their base. I mean, but I want to make sure that I have full control of them. 
Okay, so that's another source. Now we're going to try bring another source. Rav Yosef, Yosef and some say it's Rav Yitzchak. They say here, from the following, we can see that he turned bad. The king said to me and the queen who was sitting next to him. That's how we translated Asagal. But it's quite a strange word. What is the segel? So he says, my segel. So Omar Abba Bar Lema Mishmei the Rav. Rabba Bar Lema said in the name of Rav, Kalbasa. It's actually referring to a female dog. I, um, this Persian king used to keep this female dog for bestiality um, like his queen. But again, Shakal is referring to a female dog that he used to keep for bestiality. He was incredibly evil, uh, incredibly depraved. Oh, Elamayato, now we're going to check. This word, um, Shakal, doesn't come up too often in uh, Tanakh, so we've got to just try to verify that that is what it means. A female dog says, Elamayato, so you want to tell me that Kavosa means a female dog? How do you understand the following part? You have exalted yourself against the king of the heavens. And and the vessels of your house, of his house, you have brought before you. You, your nobleman, your shagal, that word again, and your concubines drink wine from them. And if shagal is referring to a dog, would a dog drink wine? Again, this other pasuk referring to the king mentions that the shagal used to drink wine. And if you want to tell me that shagal means a female dog, well, they didn't drink. Dogs don't drink wine. It's not a holakasha. The malfaleva shasya. No, dogs are easy to train. You can train a dog to drink wine. It says, oh, elameata. What about the following? Deceive as it's written, benos malachim birkorsecho. The daughters of Kings will be honored. Nitzvah shagal leminecho, and the shagal will stand at your right. Bekesem oifir with a type of jewelry. Now the e shagal kalbasa. If shagal is a female king, my What tidings is the Jew is the prophet giving Israel? I, the prophet is telling Israel in the future you'll be honored, like. That we see the honor of the shagal. If a shagal is referring to a female dog, what what message, what praisings, what honor is is it mentioning to the Jews? This is what it's saying. Out of reward that the Torah is dear to Israel. Like a shagal. Like, or we can translate it as yeah, like corruption according to Oved Kochavim. Zechisem lekesem oifir. Um, the you merit kesem ofir, you merit um, this fancy jewelry, this fancy gold kesem ofir. What's pshat? So, Jews, you're for you loving Torah, like these corrupt non-Jews either love corruption or love their female dogs. That degree of love for Torah that you have will bring you the reward. And that, that's what it's saying. That's what the tidings are. Your focus, your love has been Torah, whereas the non-Jews' love has been the Shegel. That's your, 
you can imagine the great reward that you set up, that, you, that you're going to get, the great honor that you're going to get. Um, and the Tziv says an also interesting thing. He says, uh, I'm trying to remember where was that? Um, I forgot where he says it, but the Natsiv asks, he says, wait, you're telling me that this king, um, how, why, is the, why is it comparing Torah to this shegel, to this bestiality that the non-Jews used to commit? So the Natsiv says, amazingly, he says, no. He says, there's some things that unless you're caught up in them, and unless you're involved in them, you can never understand them. For example, bestiality. To everyone, it's totally, to most people, it's totally repulsive and inconceivable. And why would you even do it? Why, or like, why would you be involved in it? But those who are involved in it, enjoy it. And Torah is very similar from that aspect. Because if you try to explain someone, what do you do? He says, no, I love learning Torah. I'm happy to go sit down and I want to go to a Gomorrah show. I've got another hour, an, I've got an hour spare. Let me sit down and learn Torah. It's incomprehensible. Why would you do that? What you doing? What? Why is it so enjoyable? But that's how Torah is. When you get caught up in Torah, it gets really enjoyable. And that's what he's saying. That's that's the comparison comparison between these two. Okay, but either way, um, either way, we can exp- we can explain this word shegel as a kabbosa female dog. Oh, the evil is another possibility. Shegel is actually referring to the queen, not to this dog. It says, And Rabbi Barlema had a tradition that it was also a female dog. The Amai Korile Shegel. So why does the Torah refer to it, the Novi refer to it as a Shegel, as a female dog? It says, That this dog was as dear to him as a queen. Of Inami or alternatively, this dog sat in the place where the king, sh- where the queen should be sitting on the right side of the king. Instead of having his queen's throne next to him, he had his dog, his dog's uh, basket next to him. So that's what, um, that's why it uses the phrase shegel again. According to this last explanation, shegel more directly means um, queen. Oh, but if by Daryovesh it wasn't really a queen, it was a female dog, why does it use the phrase queen? Because he treated this dog like his queen. Oh, the e-boys aim alternative. Um, yeah. So that's another source that Daryovesh turned evil. He had this shegel, he had this female dog that he used to commit bestiality with. It says, Oh, the e-boys aim a minal and the I can actually bring another source that he turned evil. Mehacha from here. It says, Ad keset ki korin mea. You will provide for them a hundred talents of silver and a hundred kur of wheat. A hundred baths full of wine. A hundred baths full of oil. And unlimited amount of salt. Now, at the top of the page, when we were describing what Daryovesh promised to the Jews, it was unlimited. And now it was limited. I always see, at first he was very generous and now he's being a bit selfish. He doesn't want to go back on not providing, but he's being selfish. Again, so that's a good source. So that seems to be another source that he turned evil. Again, at first he said, I'll provide for you whatever you need. And now he's saying, I'll provide up to X. 
maybe the reason he didn't give a set amount because he wasn't sure how much they needed. I, they asked him, he says, yes, I'll give you whatever you need. And then they calculated it and they divided it. So he tells him, he says, provide them X. Not necessarily because it's bad, just because once that's what he realized that was what they needed. So it must be from amongst the previous answers. Okay, so where are we holding at the moment? This is the, um, that yes, Jewish kings are counted from Nisan. According to Rav Chizda, and it seems like he had a very good proof, non-Jewish kings are counted from Tishrei. Oh, what about this Daryovesh uh, who seems to at one point be counted from Tishrei and one point be counted from Nisan. So he says, no, at first he was a good king and therefore he was counted from Nisan like the good king, like Jewish kings, and then he turned bad, Ichmitz, and he was counted from Tishrei like any other non-Jewish king. And this this Amud has been primarily trying to establish where do we see that he was turned bad. Okay, let's carry on. We now move on to the second word, third word of the Mishnah. Because we said Rosh Hashanah, Arba Rosh Hashanah The first one was, Be'echod Nisan Rosh Hashanah Levalochim. The first of Nisan is Rosh Hashanah And the second one, Ulle Regalim, and for festivals. So he says, Regalim Be'echod Nisan Hobo Chamish also Nisan Hu. He says, how can you say that it's the first, the first of Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for festivals? The f- only festival is on Pesach is on the 15th of the month. So Amar says, no, what the Mishnah means is the festival which is in it is the Rosh Hashanah for the Regalim. Now, Nafkemina, why, why do you need to know which is the first festival? Okay, so we've got three festivals. We know we've got Pesach, Shurs, and Sukkot. But what difference does it make which one you call the first one? The year is a circle. So call Shurs the first one. Shurs, I mean, I like Shurs, Sukkot, Pesach. We'll call it Sukkot, Pesach, Shurs. Why is that not the order? What difference does it make that Pesach is the first of the Regalim. So the Quran says, For someone to give us the date that someone who took a neder, at what point does he transgress? We know that if you take a neder to donate something, as we'll see, um, or to give tzedakah, tzedakah will be a bit of a discussion, but if he takes a neder to do something, and then he, how long does he have to fulfill it? At what point, there's a pasuk which says, I don't remember the exact phrase, but you're not allowed to delay paying it back. By a certain date, you have to pay back what you promised to donate. Otherwise, you transgress this negative commandment of do not delay. So how long do you have before you've transgressed that do not delay? Is it one day? Is it one week? Is it six months? So the one opinion, so as we'll see now, there are actually five opinions on that. But our Mishnah is for Rabbi Shimon, the Tanya Rabbi Shimon taught, whether someone took a netter to take, donate to the Beis Amidash, or he consecrated something to the Beis Amidash, or he did Erechim, that's where you give a certain, and Erech is a set value the Torah gives to different people in different age groups. Um, to the different age groups, so you promise to give an error to the Beis Amidash. Once three festivals have passed, you transgress. Rabbi Shimon says, no, it has to be three festivals, but starting with Pesach. We'll see what it means very shortly. But again, this is the Rebbe Shimon. So we've already seen two opinions. The first opinion is how long do you have to pay back your debts? So it's when you go up to the Beis HaMikdash, you count three festivals. And by the third festival, if you don't pay back what you owe, 
your donations, if you don't give your donations, offer the korbanos that you're supposed to offer, that you've promised to offer, then you translate about the Achar. According to Rabbi Shimon, it's three festivals, but they have to be in order with Pesach first. He says, V'chaino, we'll see it clearly in the next. V'chaino, Rabbi Shimon, Yochai, Omer. Rabbi Shimon, Yochai says, Regalim, Pamam, Gimel, Pamam, Dalet, Pamam, Chamisha. Sometimes, you transgress Balta Acher of the three festivals. Sometimes you transgress Balta Acher of the four festivals. And sometimes you transgress Balta Acher of the five festivals. Kate said, how is this? says, Neder Lifnei, Nodar Lifnei Pesach, if he took his Neder before Pesach. Gimel. Then he has three festivals. I, any time between Sukkot and Pesach, if he has, takes a Neder to bring a, cor, to bring a, let's say, to offer a Korban, then he has Pesach, Sukkot, Pesach Shvur Sukkot, and then he transgresses Baal Ta'acher. Lifnat says, if he took his neder before Shvuas, so just short, uh, between, in the, in the Sphere of the Omer, he took a neder to offer a korban, then he has Shvuas Sukkot, Pesach Shvuas Sukkot. So he actually gets five festivals before he transgresses, and if Nachag Arba, if he promises, takes a neder before Sukkot, then he gets four festivals. Again, Sukkot, Pesach, Shvuas, and Sukkot. Because again, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, how long till you transgress Balta Acher? Three festivals, but in order starting with Pesach. So again, if you took it before Sukkot, you would have four festivals because you have Sukkot and then three festivals in order starting with Pesach. Okay, now we're going to just see, um, we're now going to go into this discussion of Balta Acher. We're actually going to bring five opinions of at what point you transgress Baltacher. So Tonabonchayovim, someone who's obligated to pay Domim. Domim is when you promise to donate a market your market value or someone else's market value to the temple. The Arochin or an Erech that we said, the Torah lists for whether males or females at different ages gives them a different Erech. So if you promise to give your Erech or your wife's Erech or your daughter's Erech, you know something it would be a certain a set amount in the Torah, but you have to donate that to the temple. Haromim, again and the Hegdeshos different types of donations to the temple, chatos v'ashomos, guilt offerings or sin offerings that you owe, oilos v'shlomim, burnt offerings or peace offerings, tzedakos, charity. Charity is an interesting one because we're going to see, do you really have, um, you're going to bring on davov, um, so maybe I should wait for there, but Tosos asks, he says, what do you mean? Tzedakos, you're obligated to pay immediately. And Tosos here, bringing the difference is no. Here that we say you have balta acher is when there aren't poor people around. But if there are poor people around and you promise to give tzedakah, you have to give it immediately. You don't have this, this concept of Balta Acher that you have three festivals or different lengths of time. It's only but when there aren't poor people around. Umasros, that would be Truma, Masi Rishon, Masi Shani, Masi Oni, etc. If you don't give them to their people, they do within this time you would transgress Balta Acher. Bechor. A firstborn animal, Maser, that's referring to Maser Bahama, Pesach, the Korban Pesach, that we're going to have to discuss because isn't the Korban Pesach supposed to be brought on Pesach? So, how do you get Balta Acher? Okay, Leket, Shichel, Paya. Leket is uh, the sheaves or the ears of corn that you forget in the field while harvesting. Shichacha is when you forget, when you've done the harvesting but you forget bundles behind, like you're loading up the truck and you forget a bundle. That Shichacha and Paya, the corner of the field that you all have to leave. For the poor people. It says, but let's say you collected it. So then, as soon as three festivals part, you transgress. Rabbi Shimon, this is the opinion of Amish. Rabbi Shimon says, It's three festivals in order, starting with Pesach. And as we explained, therefore, if you took the, if you owe any of those before 
Pesach, before Sukkot, for example, you would then get four because you get Sukkot plus three festivals in order, starting with Pesach. Rabbi Meir says, no, as soon as one festival has passed from the time that you're obligated to do, give any of the above, you transgress. Rabbi Eloza ben Yaakov, Rabbi Eloza ben Yaakov says, Kiven Shavra Alem Shnei Regalim Oiver Bavaltacher. Rabbi Eloza ben Yaakov, Eliezer ben Yaakov says, Kiven Shavra Alem, as soon as you've two festivals passed, you transgress Bavaltacher. Rabbi Eloza ben Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Eloza ben Rabbi Shimon says, Kiven Shavra Alem Gimel. Uh, sorry, so this is Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Shimon is arguing with his father, but he says as soon as Sukkot passed, you transgress Balta Acher. So those are the five opinions of when you transgress Balta Acher. Rabbonin holds three festivals. Rebbe Shimon Yochai holds three festivals in order, starting with Pesach. Um, Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Yaakov says two festivals. Rebbe Meir says one festival. And Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Shimon says, Sukkot. So at, at, as soon as either of those things pass, according to the different opinions, that's when a person transgresses this negative commandment of do not delay paying back what you, you're not darim. Now, the Gemara is going to bring the source. My timer, what's the source? So most of them are based on the following, is that the Torah discusses the Regalim. This is in Devarim uh, Perak. Tezayim, Perik 16, it discusses the festivals, and it discusses Pesach, then it discusses Shfus, and then it discusses Sukkot. And then it's, the Pasuk says, Gimel pa'amim b'shano yero kol zuchucha p'nei Hashem, three times a year, your male shall appear before Hashem, Elokecho your God, b'mokam ashe yivchar, on the time which Hashem has chosen, b'chaga matzus, b'chaga Shfus, b'chaga Sukkot, on Pesach, Shfus, and Sukkot. Lo yireh, do not appear before Hashem empty-handed. Now we learn from that pasuk, that many of them learn from this pasuk, that you have to um, pay your debts tied to the regolim. But we've just discussed the three festivals. So why does this pasuk have to come and say three times a year on Pesach, Shuas and Sukkot? Just say three times a year. So what's, So many of them learn from the fact that it brings this extra mention of three times a year and lists the three festivals, it's to teach us regarding Balta Acher. So let's see it in So my time in the Tanakama, what's the source for the Tanakama? The Tanakama was the opinion that said three festivals. So he says, Well, since it's just finished discussing the three festivals, Why does the Pasuk have to come and repeat on Pesach, and Sukkot. Just say, on these festivals, and we know we've just been discussing them. So Shema Minala Balta Acher is coming to teach us that that's when Balta Acher is, after three festivals part. But Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, it didn't have to mention specifically Sukkot because that's what the context is. Again, there's a few Psukim donated to Pesach, uh, devoted to discussing Pesach. Then there are a few Psukim devoted to discussing Shavuos. And then third, there's a group of psukim, a few psukim devoted to discussing sukkahs, and then it brings this pasuk. Now this pasuk is following on from sukkahs. So it could have, so it didn't have to mention sukkahs. 
says Lama Nehemar. So why does it mention Sukkot? Loimar Achron to tell us that Sukkot must be last. Again, the order is crucial that it says Chagamatzos, Chagashuos, and Chagasukkot. Oh, Sukkot must be last. So you only transgress Baltaacher once three festivals have passed with Sukkot being last. Rebbe Meir, my timer. What's Rebbe Meir's source? So Rebbe Meir brings a totally different source. To see as it's written, Shama It says when you will come there, when you will come to the base Amidash, and you will bring there. I as soon as you have to go to the base Amidash, that's when you have to bring your nadorim. Your, that's when you have to fulfill your vows or these obligations. Again, as soon as you come to the base Amidash on the first festival. It says Verabonon. The Rabbonon, the, the above sages who say that you don't transgress, they say, no, that's a positive commandment. Uh, there's a positive commandment to pay back these things by the first festival. If you don't pay back those items by the first festival, you transgress a positive commandment that you're supposed to, but you have not yet transgressed a negative commandment of Baltacher. The Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Meir will explain, no, Rebbe Meir says, no, once the Torah comes along and says, this is when you have to bring these korbonos, well then, at I, on the first festival, when you come up to Yerushalayim, that's when you have to pay back your Nadorim, Nadovas, etc. That is the same time when you would transgress, Baltacher. That's telling us, this is when, since you're supposed to bring it then, if you don't, you transgress the negative commandment of not bringing it. That's how Rebbe Meir is. Oh, Rebbe Loza ben Yaakov. What is Rebbe Loza ben Yaakov? Because he held that it was two. It says, my timer, what's his source? That you get two festivals to off before you transgress Baal Ta'achim. Dersiv, as it's written, Ele tasul Hashem b'mo'adeichem. This is what you shall do, bring to Hashem b'mo'adeichem. It says, miut mo'adim shnayim. The minimum amount of your festivals is two. Rabbonon, what do they do with that? Pasuk, ha'hu, look at Rebbe Yoyna. They use it for Rebbe Yoyna's teaching. Ta'ama Rebbe Yoyna, huk shukolamoidim kulam zelazeh. It connects all the festivals together. Shekulam achaprim al tumas migdash for kodshov. To say that they all atone for tumas migdash for kodshov. It's connecting the festivals to teach. And not just on Rosh Chodesh does the Seira Chattas brought atone for tumas migdash for kodshov. So too on all the other festivals, the Seir atones for Tumas Migdash for Kodshov. What's Tumas Migdash for Kodshov? So that is someone who is Tomei, who enters the base of Migdash, or someone who is Tomei who eats Kodshim, or even someone who is Tahar, but eats Tomei Kodshim. So they're all connected that the Korbonos of the festivals all bring atonement for those Averas of Tumas Migdash for Kodshov. Okay, for Rebbe Lezeb, Rebbe Shimon, my timer. What's Rebbe Lezeb, of Rebbe Shimon's source? He was the one who said that you, it's just Sukkot. I says the Tanya Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Shimon Oimer Lo Yomer Chagas Sukkot Sheboy Dibarakosov. The Torah didn't have to again back to the original style of Drosha that it says three times you will appear before Hashem on Pesach Shavuos and Sukkot. So he says it didn't have to mention Sukkot. That's the context. It's discussing Sukkot. So why does it mention Sukkot in that list? Lama Neymar Loimar Shezekorim to tell us that this is what triggers Balta Acher. Okay, so again, there are these five opinions at what point, all, uh, this whole long list that we mentioned at the, starting at the bottom of the previous page, but anyone who owes Domim Arochin, Charomim, Egdashos, Chatos, Hashomos, etc., all these things that a person has to pay by a certain date, at what point do you transgress the Possid says, which do not delay offering them back? So that. 
um, according it depends on these five opinions, and we've just gone through all their sources. Now, two of those opi- three of those opinions were connected to this pasuk of three times a year you'll appear before Hashem your God, etc. The two opinions, Rabbi Meir and uh, Rabbi Loza ben Yaakov, were based on totally different sukkim. So the Gemara now asks, for Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Loza ben Yaakov, Hai b'chaga matzos, b'chaga shuos, b'chaga sukkos, my What do they use this drosha for? So he says, No, mi boi lehu leket Rabbi Elozor, Omer Reboshaya. They use it for the teaching that Rabbi Elozor taught in the name of Reboshaya. To Omer Reboshaya, Omer Reboshaya. Minayin l'atzeret sheyesh lo tashlumim kol shiva. How do we know that on Shavuos you can make up the Korban for all seven days? I should have mentioned, we're discussing the Chagiga. We know on the festival there's an obligation to offer a Korban Chagiga. We actually saw a bit about this in the last Masechta. Uh, when was it? Sure. My mind's gone. I forgot, but we've, we've seen that. Remember, when you got up to the festival, there were various offerings that they were to bring. The one we saw, the posuk that we were discussing higher up the page, that's referring to you bring burnt offerings to Hashem when you go up to the, festi- to the temple for the festivals. Another one is you'd have to bring a Korban Chagiga. Now, and that was for you to eat on the festival and enjoy. Simchas Yom Tov. Remember, we said the primary simcha on Yom Tov is through eating sacrificial meat. So, how where do how do we know that you can make up all seven days? Make up tashlumim all seven days. Um, so the Torah says that if you didn't offer up your tashlumim on Shvus, remember Shvus in Eretz Israel is one day. You still have seven days to offer it up and fulfill the requirement and make up this obligation of Chagiga. So how do you know that on, on Pesach, we'll see it's fairly obvious. But on Sukkah, on Shavuos, which is only one day, how do we know that you get seven days? So Talmud Lomer, the Torah says, V'chag ha-matzos, v'chag ha-shvuos, v'chag ha-sukos. Makish, the Pasuk, lumps them all together. It connects them. Makish, chag ha-shvuos, v'chag ha-matzos. Ma chag ha-matzos, yeish lo tashlumim kol shiva. Ab chag ha-shvuos, yeish lo tashlumim kol shiva. Just as... Pesach, you can make up the Chagiga on all seven days. If you don't offer up the Chagiga on first day Pesach when you were supposed to, you can do it on any of the six subsequent days. Oh, so there's so two Shvurs, you can also do it for six day, seven days. I Shvurs and six days following Shvurs. So it's Sukkos, So why don't you connect it to Sukkos? Sukkos, you have eight days. Because we know that Sukkot is actually eight days long. Remember, you have seven days of Sukkot and then Shmini Atzeres. And we know that if you did an off, so the Gemara answers, no, Shmini Regal Bifne Atzmohu. Shmini Atzeres is its own festival. I, in other words, Sukkot, you also only have seven days. If you miss offering the Koban Chagiga on the first day of Sukkot, you only have the rest of Sukkot, the seven days of Sukkot. Oh, what about Shemini Atzeres? No, that's a separate festival that you have the opportunity to offer the Chagiga on. So any festival, you only have seven days to offer the Chagiga. If you didn't offer it on the first day, you can make it up on the subsequent days. Um, but you can't make it up on... Yeah, but But not because it's... You have eight days of Sukkot, but because it's a separate festival. Oh, Emu Amrim on Shmini Regal Bifna Atzmo. No, 
When do we say that Shmini Atzeres is considered a separate festival? The Indian Pesar Keshav, but the Indian Tashlumim Divrei Kol Tashlumim Derishon. Who? You know, I think let's finish this discussion tomorrow. So just where we're holding at the moment, and we'll continue. We'll we'll just recap tomorrow. But where we're holding at the moment is we brought a pasuk that at least three Amoraim used to teach us the obligation of. Balta Acher, at what point do you transgress Balta Acher? And it's got to do with this extra faith, Chaga Matzos, Chaga Shfus, and Chaga Sukkot. Gomorrah also, according to the two sages, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Loza, uh, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Loza, Rabbi Sh- and Rabbi Loza ben Yaakov, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, at what point do you transgress? Um, what is this possible for? Because they have different Sukkim to teach Balta Acher, and that is to teach us the, that on Shfus, you also have seven days to offer the Chagiga. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.